Welcome to the Running the Bases podcast, off the bag edition. Uh, I am Tucker Wells, joined today by Orwin Smith, former All ACC running back with the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, good friend of the show and of mine. Big O, how you doing, good sir? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How's uh, how's life? It's haven't great. talked to you, haven't talked to you in a while. How's everything going? How are your kids? Yeah, they're they're doing great. They're doing real great. Um, just getting big and eating too much, but other than that, you know, it's. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. What what grades are they at now? Um, third and second. Third and second. Oh my god. Yeah. You have got your hands full. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, when I tell my um, when I tell my teammates when I go to Atlanta and visit sometime when I when I tell my um, you know, my former teammates how old my kids are, they're like. Wait what? <laughs> like how old are they? Uh, time flies, man. Yeah, you know, it does. It's the, the old adage, but it, it continues to prove itself true. So, but yeah, so we, I mean, you know, baseball is coming to its stretch run, but with football starting up, there's preseason football now. It's like we're overdue to have you on the show. So welcome, welcome. Um, how are you? Are you excited for uh, for the coming football season? Definitely. I mean, that's always it, it. It doesn't matter, you know, from Pee Wee to college to the NFL, you know, it's it's definitely that time of year. Yeah. Is it is it ingrained in your DNA? There's just a sense when the season gets to this point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. I mean, I've been I, play, I, well, I started in. Uh, ooh, I started playing ball in 98. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely part of my life. So yeah. I was uh, I was out doing some exercising on the field and. uh I was running with one of, my, one of my best friends who was just, you know, just doing some, you know, just just getting a sweat in, and uh, and I was like, man, it smells like football, and I like <laughs> I dropped to the ground and, and smelled the grass. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's very zen. That's a very zen moment right there. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you. You know, we got a lot we're going to talk about today, um, but let me ask you about with football um, and sports in general. Your two sons, they're what are they playing now? What all organized team sports do they play? Um, we do football, basketball, um, as far as team, but um and you know, and, and, and during the spring we, we we switch it up. Um, you know, we go from boxing to karate to we took pool lessons um last year. So just kinda depends on, you know, what they want to do. I let them choose. But as far as football and basketball, you know, that's, that's daddy saying, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. In the fall and uh, uh, winter. Yeah. Yeah. No baseball. I noticed. Yeah. No baseball. And you know, the funny thing is I've, I've, I've tried to push them. I've tried to push them. Like <laughs> you guys need to play baseball. Like, you know, we injured as much and um, they make a lot of money, but they just, right. they just don't seem to be interested. Well, we're going to come back to that. Uh, I got more follow-up questions on that, on on, on baseball and, and youth youth appeal. Um, but let me ask you about, uh, so so football and basketball, those are the two big team sports that they play. Um, have you already started to get feelers from club teams? And, like, how do you feel about the club team phenomena where, you know, kids starting at 9 and 10, they're suddenly told to play just one thing and one thing only? I don't think it's fair. You know, it's, it's um, and a lot of times I I think is the issue we have is parents trying to live through their kids. Right. 
and, and and forcing them to do one sport at such a young age when, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, being forced to, um, I don't know, pick your major, you know, at nine years old, you know, it's like, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, for you, so, I mean, you, you, you told me you didn't really settle on football completely until the day you <laughs> signed with Georgia tech, right? Correct. Correct. So before you actually signed with tech, what, what were some of the other sports you were playing right up until that moment? I did. Ooh, we actually did baseball when I was, when I was young, um, Football, basketball, um, track. I mean, technically a team sport, but not at the same time. Uh, but sure. I did track as well. To, you know, later later in my high school days, I, I did football, basketball, and track. Did you feel like those different sports? I mean, when it pulls your mind away from the from the direct football technique, that it actually made you better as a football player. I realize oh, I'm I'm leading definitely. I'm leading the witness at this point, but I see a tremendous value in that. Yeah, and. It, it does, and, and 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 I have younger cousins that you know trying to follow my shoes, and and I and that's one of the first things I tell them. I'm like, look, if if you aren't doing multiple sports, you're not gonna make it. I mean, it's right. just just kind of how it goes because each sport gives you a different element to the game, and I mean, it, it, whatever sport you name, I can tell you how the other two impacted grade greatly as far as me doing that, you know, that sport that time of year. Right. Yeah, and the seasons too. I mean, when it gets to winter, you know, go indoors, play basketball. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. why are you still doing football stuff in the in the dead of winter? Um, well, so I mean, how are you going to approach that with your kids? Um, do you feel you any? Know, I, do you feel any any pressure to put them in on club traveling teams? Not at all. Um, you know, I I look at it as. I'm a dad that just kind of let the kids do what they feel like they want to do. Now, I would not let them do nothing. <laughs> like they, sure. they will be doing something. But as far as, you know, the sport, I, I let them pick. I let them see, you know, what do you want to do? Um, of course, in the, in the springtime. And, and we just go from there. Um, but, yeah, I, I would never force them to be on any type of club team. Right. Right. I mean, do you start to hear from different like coaching from different types of coaches or other parents who are like, hey, you should put them on a club team. Do you ever get like those kind of suggestions? I don't. Um, actually, it's usually parents coming to me asking me, um, what am I doing with my kids? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So um, and and. And I'm and, and usually I'm sitting there like um, I just I just sign them up here locally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, I'm 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 not trying to overlook karate. You know, if if one of your sons becomes a world class jujitsu competitor, MMA is really popular too. So there you go. Hey, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um. Well, all right. So they're about to start playing football again, though, and. It begs the question about, you know, there's more and more, it seems like every day, uh, talk about CTE and player safety within uh, the NFL and the game of football. Um, you see youth participation numbers uh, in, you know, Pop Warner and, and, and youth football on the decline, although how significant of a decline is up for debate. Um, what is your personal feelings about the safety of your boys playing youth football right now? You know, that's 
That's a, that's a great question. And I know a lot of people will be surprised by my answer, but I'm actually not um, allowing the guys to play football this, this fall. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's because it's because of the CT. And also I just don't think they're ready. Um, my kids love the game. No doubt about it. No question. They love football, but when I was their age, I was on a, I was on a whole nother level when it came to football. I mean, it, I, I was so fast to where I didn't, I didn't have to worry about getting hit. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was literally, literally like a rat race. Right. I was just like, just like, hey, catch me if you can. And um, and 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 my boys, right now, they just doesn't. Well, it doesn't seem like they've um, developed that speed yet. They now they are fast and they are very athletic, but the speed part is what worries me because if they aren't as fast as they should be, they're going to get hit. And you know, and I watch them in the yard, and I watch them just, just you know, with each other around the house, and I, I just don't think they're ready for football yet. I, I, I just don't think it's um, from the body to the to the mind to the the conditioning. I just don't think they're 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 just yet. And so, um, my oldest begged me. I held him out this year. And um, I told him, you know, dad, looking to it next year. I, I, I do think next year I will let him. Um, but th- this year, uh, these last couple years, um, tackling actually started. And I didn't. And that's another. I don't want to tackle so early. Right. Well, um, that. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think we talked about this before. I mean, do you believe that there is a minimum age for tackling, for actually starting tackle football? I mean, maybe is that the solution to these player safety issues is that at the youth level, it should be flag football or two-hand touch until they're, you know, 14, 15, and their bodies have developed at least some more? Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, I wouldn't agree with uh, 13, 14. That may be a little too late. Right. But um, – but if we're talking, I say ten. I, I, I do think ten is a good age to, to try to learn the game and really learn how to tackle properly. And and I do think your body is getting to where it can, it can take on that type of um, you know impact. Okay. Because yeah, granted the other kids they are your age, so you know the impact won't be that much. But at least they're old enough to understand safety. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's fourth grade for for young boys is about the time where the magic starts to happen and 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 the science of all things you know fourth grade they hit puberty and they start to have you know more uh critical thinking um and that makes sense i mean i i i you know i never played youth football growing up um and i can't say that <laughs> i wouldn't have just been terrified of getting hit anyway um yeah but you know, to have that awareness about how to, you know, really learn how to like rap tackle, you know, makes more sense to, to, to not start until they're in the 10th grade. What, what is your, you know, let's talk about Jamal Adams for a minute. Uh, you actually brought this up to me before the show, but you know, he, he comes out at, at this press conference, uh, the Jets safety first round pick and he's next to Roger Goodell, and he says, you know, when some reporter asked about player safety, he said, uh, literally, I I would, if I had a perfect place to die, I would die on the field. 
And then the the Jet fans like roared in approval. H- how did you feel about that? Um, I'm trying to think of the, the right word. I say more like uh, not surprised, but upset to a degree. I mean, just the fact that you know he would say something, say something like that. And I have been in his shoes, so um, I do understand where he's coming from. But you know. Uh, a lot of the younger kids and, you know, just people in general wouldn't if they've never been in that, you know, position. But, um, you know, I I just think his choice of words were uh, ter- terribly wrong. But I definitely understand where he was coming from. Right. Well, he did. Yeah, he did back down off of it and say, I, I was just being enthusiastic, you know, about my passion for playing football. And that makes sense. That's all well and good. But it did read uh, poorly. Considering, yeah. you know, the, a study published by the New York Times that of uh, 111 uh, uh, brains of former NFL players that were uh, examined, that 110 showed at least partial to major signs of CTE. Yeah, and, I saw that. Yeah, and it's, you know, it seems very uh, callous, but he is 21 years old, so there's that as well. But, you know, here you are, you played at the, you know, the division FBS level. I mean, what were your personal feelings while you were playing about the hits you took and like where you're at now looking back on it? I really haven't put too much thought into, you know, the, you know, the head trauma and, and, you know, or if I you know sustained any while I was there. But one thing I will say when I, when I did play football, just young, especially at Tech and when I started to, you know, progressing, trying to do the NFL thing. Um, as a runner, I always tell guys, you know, th- there's a way to play football. And there's a way, well, you know, what, what I should say is, you know, business decisions. You know, right. you, know you, you, you have to make them. You have to make them. And, you know, and I was one of them guys. I, I just get teased on the weight room a lot about wearing gloves to, to, to the weight room. And, and you know, sometimes, um, you know, coaches get on me about, stepping out of bounds sometimes and I'm like you live to see another day you live to see another down and um <laughs> I, I tell coach Siskin and the guys I'm like look my lady doesn't want these calluses on her so I'm gonna wear these gloves in here <laughs> you know you know but you know to my point is guys have to learn how to play the game enjoy the game but protect yourself because it's so much life um after football so much life and that's and that's one thing I always kept in the back of my mind, just out there on the field playing. And you know, sometimes you know a ball just maybe thrown too high, and I'm like, ah, bye. it's no point of jumping. <laughs> we just, we just <laughs> keep going. Or you know, if it's first, if it's first and ten, and I break through for nine yards, and you know, I'm right there on the edge between the first down and out of bounds. You know, if if it's three guys coming at me, there's no point running in them. There's just no point. Now, if it's one guy, maybe two, I might take them on, but. <laughs> you know, if, if if it just doesn't make sense, man, just just gonna get out of bounds, throw the ball to the ref, get back to the huddle. I mean, second and one. You know? Right. Yeah. Go yeah. pick up that yard a play later. Well, exactly. You're, well, you're you know you you speak to um what what kind of exists as a as a cultural clash because you know Jamal Adams again when he said that that now infamous quote about, you know, the field is the perfect place to die. I mean, it does call about a certain Lombardi era, you know, lying exhausted on the field of battle. And that's the ultimate measure of a man and all these things. 
and the crowd truly roared. You have that that culture versus, you know, it's a game, be safe, it's a game of skill, let's appreciate it, but let's be safe. Um, mm-hmm. So speaking to the former, I mean, when you were on the road, like take playing UGA for a perfect example, and a defensive back makes a big hit on you, you know, the crowd roars. Did you ever get the sense that you were in the center of modern-day gladiator culture? Did that ever occur to you, anything like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely what it is. That's definitely what it is. You know, and, no apologies. You, that's definitely what it is, and you feel oh, it down yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, that, that's, that's exactly what it is. You're trying to destroy the other guy slash other team. That is what you're trying to do. It, you know, granted, we all respect each other, but you're trying to destroy them. After the game, we'll shake hands. But, you know, and that's that's what sells. And that's what keeps the keeps the people coming. And, yeah, um, yeah and, um, you know, that's just, that's just the nature of the game. I mean, did it ever cross your mind before the game? Like the, the good old-fashioned hate rivalry, for ex- perfect example. Did it ever cross your mind – how many of those masses would delight in seeing you get hurt? You know what? It, it, it never really did. But in the back of my mind, I, I knew it was, you know, depending on the stadium. Now, if we're in, uh, you know, Athens, oh, they would love for one of our best players to go down. You know, granted, they may clap for him, but, hey, they're going to start cheering a minute later. You know, right. um yeah, and, and I do think it's it's a friendly hate. Um, granted, you know, who wouldn't, you know, as a Warriors fan, enjoy the fact that Kawhi Leonard went down, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's like, I hope he's okay. Right. So, um, but it's kind of how it is, yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to it's got to be something though that you know a fan like myself can't fully appreciate, and maybe that's the disconnect. You know, there are. UGA fans, mild UGA fans who are rooting for the other team to get their quote unquote bell rung, you know, and that's kind of a horrifying thing when you stop and think about it. Yeah, um, but it's it's players out there that's that's what they're aiming to do. I have played in you know just my my four years at Tech. I mean, it's guys out there that's what they're that's what they live for. It's to try to ring somebody's bell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was yeah. it? Did you did you game plan specifically for some of those players, which can remain nameless, you know, to protect the innocent? But I mean, you know, if you knew you were going to be lining up against a headhunter, I mean, did that change your approach at all, or did you practice differently during the week? Um, I would just have my mindset ready for him, and and one of the main things I would do is. You know, just remind myself, like when, when you know, and even coaches would talk about it. Like, look, he when he come, he's gonna come. And so, you know, what personally, what I would do is find a way to not get hit by him. So, if that meant, you know, when he came and I had the ball, there's no point trying to run him over because <laughs> right. he's gonna win. He's gonna win that battle. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm just gonna, you know, hopefully still form him or make a move on him, and you know, we'll we'll keep rolling. But. You know, and a lot of times, you know, me personally, I love playing against very aggressive players. I love it because they're so focused on ringing your bell. It makes the game so much easier to slip by him and then go for a 70 yard touchdown pass because he's, or, you know, or right. for him to, you know, a, 
a, a, a fake handoff would draw him in so so badly to where you know we can the other guy has the ball or we're going over his head. So you know it's it's players like that I, I used to love playing against. Right. I'm like he, he's thinking he's gonna hit me, but. It's a touchdown. <laughs> you'll, you'll be two yards past him when he makes his when he makes his leap, and that's hey, there's the beauty of the triple option right there, which I will oh, yeah. which I will continue to defend. Well, let me ask you, you know, uh, speaking of uh, Bobby Dodd Stadium, um, you see the success of Atlanta United. Have you been following uh, Atlanta United in their this inaugural season? Yeah, um, I actually follow them on Instagram, nice. so I, you know. You know, every now and then I get to see a post about them, and you know, I see a lot of you know uh, friends actually attending the games. It's it's real nice. Yeah, and kind of surprising too. And and they are a by all accounts a huge success in this first year. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So, do you feel like you know this this debate's becoming a little louder, but that soccer will overtake football in the uh, in the U.S. Uh, particularly if if youth football doesn't get safer and the numbers continue to go down as far as participation? You know, to be honest, um, I think naturally it will just because of the game. You know, if we're talking, yeah, I mean, if if we're talking on a global level, think about soccer versus football. Sure. You know, so I don't think, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of one of them, you know, unfair comparisons because, you know, eventually it's going to happen. I mean, it's so popular amongst everywhere, you know, but the U.S. So, I mean, eventually it's going to happen here, too. Right. Well, you look at, you know, the ratings still, the the reports of the death of the NFL have been greatly exaggerated. But that that is always the thing is the money aspect. And I think that the more players start to understand or just really gifted athletes start to understand that, you know, if you are an NFL player, well, you're you're going to have your financial success within the states. But if you're a really great soccer player, you're playing on national teams, on club teams, on multiple club teams in different countries. You know, the opportunities for financial windfall are even greater and it's safer. So I think that it's going to be really interesting in the next 10 years uh, to see. And you look at not just like Atlanta United, but in Orlando, Los Angeles is about to get a second MLS team. The NMLS is legit, you know, yeah, for this. Yeah. yeah. For, for the tortured pro sports city of Atlanta, I consider an Atlanta United uh, MLS title just as legitimate as any of the other three that we have. So, yeah, but, uh, that brings us to another pretty interesting development in the uh, collegiate level. But this Donald De La Haye, um, for those who may not have heard, uh, he was the backup kicker at UCF, um, Central Florida, and his YouTube channel was getting ad revenue. Uh, it had become so successful on YouTube, and it, it, it was because of you know, him showing videos of the team and talking about the team and basically utilizing his notoriety on the football team and their success to build up his YouTube channel. So he ends up losing his scholarship um, Mm -hmm. because of the student-athlete compensation. The NCAA said that he could no longer keep that YouTube channel if he wanted to continue playing football on scholarship. Um, What was your reaction to this? 
to this situation? You know, I've always had that that stance where it's just not fair. Um, even before, you know, you know his, his situation about the compensation as far as being a student athlete. Um, you know, I've spoke with several, I can't even say several, many, many, numerous people on the subject, you know, just to get other uh, ends of the, you know, opinions and, you know, you know, people, you know, people bring up the fact that, you know, we get an education, um, no student debt, no student loan debt. And, you know, we get to play the game we love and, you know, that's, you know, and that's fine, but, you know, guys are still walking out of school with no student loan debt, but no, no future. Right. And, 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 and no money. And I do think that's a problem when there's money being made in the, you know, and what they do every day for a living, you know, it's, you know, what I do when people bring up that topic is I say, well, how about, you know, you go work for whoever you're working for. You go to, you go clock in every day. And, and essentially what they do for you is, is they cover your bills, but they don't give you any money. How would you feel? Yeah. And, you know, then the whole aspect changes. I'm like, that's, you know, I mean, as, as, that's pretty much what it is. I'm like, could you do that every day? And it's just say, could you do that for four years? And they're like, yeah, I probably couldn't do that. I'm like, exactly. You know, granted, school is free. And, I mean, and, 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 you know, and I was grateful. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone else was too. But, you know, you still don't have any money. You still don't have any money. Right. And in the meantime, your university is making a whole lot of money based on what you bring to the field, literally. It is exactly. I'm like, okay, if you work for the, you know, Georgia Power and they pay all your bills and you know they're bringing in millions, maybe billions a year, um, but they're not giving you money, but they're covering all your expenses. Do you think you'll be able to grow? Like, no, exactly. You wouldn't be able to grow. You, yeah. you just wouldn't be because you need you, you need. I mean, you need you need some type of capital to, to, to make things you know move in your favor. I do think there is some type of solution. Um, we just have to find you know the median and also on the NCAA part, you know, I don't think that they're trying to find a median right now. Um, and it right. may be, I, I don't know, but I personally don't think they are. Right. And that's the biggest concern, right? Is that they, mm-hmm. they are aware of this and yet they don't, they don't want to hand over some of the eggs from the golden goose. Exactly. Well, I mean, when you were in your years at tech, I mean, how, how did your teammates really feel about the compensation rules? And what I mean is, was there ever, you know, practices or, you know, in the cafeteria after practice or on the weekend, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say, um, where you talked amongst yourselves about like, hey, it should be like this, or we should, we should like propose maybe a, a student union or any, any, any conversations like that. Oh yeah. It, a lot of times, a lot. And, you know, um, um, you know, when Stephen, when, when Stephen Hill left early to go to the NFL, um, you know, that was for one of the main reasons. And it's so funny because when I tell you, I was, I was like, I don't know how to say how close I was to leaving tech early, <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, I was, I mean, cause man, Steve was close and I, I mean, I almost left with him. He's like, oh, come on, man. I'm about to, I'm about to do it. You should come with me. I'm like, man, I, I had a great junior year, but I'm like, man, I want to graduate and it's triple option. It's just not, 
I mean, you know, I just put so many factors into like what could possibly hurt me. But I do think if I left my junior year, I probably would have. That's, that's a whole nother, you know, subject. But, um, you know, we, me, and I won't give any names, and you know, some other teammates. You know, we thought about sitting out just to see what type of, you know, controversy it would spark. Just wow. to see, yeah, and you know, and 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 I'm not talking guys. That's you know. You know, not you know, not trying to belittle them, but I'm not talking about you know third screen special team guys walking. I'm talking about guys that actually play. You know, starters. You know, it's like, hey, I think we could probably, you know, be the guys to to, to make some change if we if we you know refuse to play until something's done. And um, you know, I mean, of course, it didn't happen, but you know, at one point when when you know and i i was the one kind of bringing it up when <laughs> when 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 the other guys backed out i thought about doing it on my own but i just didn't think that it would it would bring enough um attention well Granted, it, it, it would have you know you know maybe you know a few headlines but it just wouldn't brought as much as it you know it's what would be needed right you would you would see it get consumed in the news cycle pretty quickly yeah. you know do you feel like there should be um, like an NFL NCAA relationship where if say you're your junior year, right. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you're on the cusp, you know, maybe a team drafts you, but you stay at tech. And then in that time you stay at tech, they are, you know, basically paying you a, a rookie salary up to a point, but it's going into a, uh, like a trust fund. And you can't, you're not, you know, you don't have any access to it until you graduate. But then you would play for that team after you finish? Correct, correct. So, you know, 2000, you're 2011, you get drafted in 2012 by the Packers, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Packers have your draft rights. You know, they don't have to, like, lose a pick or anything. They have your draft rights, uh, but you get to still play out your senior year. Would that, that even sounds, make sense, or no? Uh, I don't. I don't think so because so many variables that could make that just blow up. Just right. As far as in a bad way, yeah. Because guys, I mean, if a team's paying you, and let's say you get injured in college after they put this money aside from you, now you have the the argument of well, you know, the player saying that's my money, and the team saying well. You haven't played with us yet. We put that aside for you. He's like, "Well, you drafted me. Contract now. Now we ain't all this, you know, legal stuff and yeah. <laughs> guys arguing and yeah, and that's then, true. You know, yeah, and then you have guys, you know, um, let's say their junior year, their sixth round pick, but after their senior year, that's their first round, you know, type money and right. um, and and now they're feeling you know slighted and you know in a way because they're like, wait. They drafted me in the sixth round, and look what just happened. My senior, like I'm a first round pick. So, I just think on 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 the stance of like money, it, it, it would just you know cause issues as far as you know players. Right, it get too complicated. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just one idea. You know, I'm just throwing these things out there. I mean, you know, I mean, what if was there ever a, a conversation about that? the NCAA should do revenue sharing with its players. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, as far as, as far as, um, you know, 
my thing was what what they can do is there should be some type of trust put in place for players that you can only touch it if you um, a leave early to go to you know the professional level or you graduate. One of the two has to happen. Like you can't you can't do four years never graduate simply because you didn't do your work and then go to class, but now you think you're entitled to some money. It's like, you know, there should be stipulations on it, you know, that makes, you know, players understand that there is life outside, but also there's a reward at the end of this if you don't go on to have a professional career. All right. And, you know, and, and it and it somewhat give you a type of, you know, you know, a reward, you know, and a boost because, you know, this economy is not it's it's eye opener to a lot of players. A right. Lot. Right. People in general, you know. Um right. yeah, I, I and also this whole likeness thing, I just do not like it because uh, I wanna say after my junior year, um really after my sophomore year, um after my sophomore year, I, I know there's you know, a lot of seventeen jerseys being sold. <laughs> yeah, sure. And um uh, my family and friends just come up to the game and they're like, Oh, everybody wearing your jersey now. I'm like, Yeah, but I'm not seeing a dime off the off the sale. Like and that was my my attitude right. about it. You know, and I love the support and I love people wearing my number, but I'm like, I'm not getting a cut of any of this. And right. um my senior year, um Tech put up the billboard uh of me around Atlanta and um I thought that was real nice. I'm like, I sure <laughs> wish I could get some money off of this. <laughs> Well, I, I am in full support of that as well. I mean, I, I really do believe that it's come to this point and, you know, you can't make the argument anymore like you used to where, well, it's a it's a collegiate sport and this is the gift of your education. And, uh, you know, that's we can't we can't cross those lines. The college football makes in some ways as much, if not more money and news than the uh, NFL because oh yeah de- definitely the, definitely I mean who do you think is the highest paid person in all of the state of Alabama go all ahead state in the entire you know state what? of Alabama who's the highest paid person living in that state if it's not some type of millionaire CEO or something I'll have to next pick Nick Saban exactly but that's just my guess <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah. and technically he's yeah you're right you know a venture capitalist maybe a little bit different and there could yeah there just could be several in in Birmingham alone but you know as far as a state employee goes it's it's Nick Saban um yeah so I I think that 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 argument is uh is antiquated if not extinct and that you know y'all are generating you know that sit in that sit out would have been pretty dramatic because they can't they can't profit off of football if there's no players so yeah you heard it exactly. here first well let me ask you uh cuz we're running a little bit long but if you were let's say you're 14 years old now in 2017 you have all of your athletic skills all of the Orwin Smith intangibles and tangibles um you've got multi sport opportunities you can pretty much you know choose basketball you could choose baseball would you still go with football knowing what you know now would you have gone with football that's a good question um knowing what i know now what i had went with football um i probably would have to be honest even with the whole you know cte and everything and um you know 
the issues with the NCAA, I, I probably would still go after football. And that's because out of, out of all sports, that's the one that came to me um, more naturally. It just came so easy to where I didn't have to think to play the game. Right. And, um, and, and I, and and I try other sports. I, I I try other sports. Now I will I, I will say this. My first year in high school, I begged my mom to play tennis. She did not allow me to because she didn't want to. <laughs> um, she didn't want to fork over any more fees for sports. We, we we checked out the fees. I had to buy new tennis shoes, the rackets, you know, the balls. <laughs> like I had to do all that. She just refused to, to pay for the stuff. Um, but I do I do think from what I know now, I would have. Um, I would have compromised and I would have probably not ran track that year or something and, and did tennis and stuck with it. I do think with my athletic ability, I probably would have been nicer at tennis. And I think there's a lot there's a lot of guys that will prob that, that would probably be really good at tennis. They just just not a sport that's you know, that's that's in the news as much. It's not, you know, glamified as much. Right. Similar to baseball. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, the John McEnroe was on the Bill Simmons podcast talking about that very thing, is how tennis is not marketed well. It still looks like the country club sport for, you know, rich white folk. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let me ask you about that with regards to baseball, because this is a baseball podcast, ultimately. Um, Mm -hmm. How well do you feel Major League Baseball appeals to young African-American athletes, particularly the inner city? Um, You know, you look at baseball today, the percentage of players at the MLB level that are African-American is uh, minuscule at best. Whereas in, you know, 60s and 70s, um, it was, you know, 60-40 with white players and black players. Um, You know, you have two sons. You enjoyed baseball for a while. I mean, how do you feel MLB appeals? I don't think it appeals much to the inner city. And, and, and honestly, I just think that's 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 on the um, it's on the marketing side of, of of baseball, and you know, just and just the people in general. It's just not a sport that you see much of. I mean, literally during you know MLB and NBA season, they're still talking about football. You know, when you think about it, if you go on ESPN after the Super Bowl, they're still talking about football, even when it's not football season. You know, right. they're, still, they're still talking about basketball. Even when it's not basketball season, they're talking about trade rumors and, and drama, et cetera, going on. And, you know, it's just baseball just isn't really talked about much in the media. Um, and, you know, you just don't see many, many players either. Um, well, Adam, and, and, yeah. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, Adam Jones, uh my dude, I'm a big fan of his. You know, he says he outright called uh, baseball an old white man's game. I mean, do you think that's a fair assessment? Um, maybe a little dramatic. Yeah, a little bit, but I can't say he's he's lying. It's it's just funny. It's just his choice of words is, is, is hilarious. But uh, to some extent, you know, he he has a point. Um. Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't think it's there's a decline in African American. I just think there's a incline in just the um, uh, variety and and you know cultures and nationalities as far as baseball itself. Um, you know, I mean, it's players from everywhere. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, when I hit see these guys, you know, when they're doing interviews, and I'm like, 
he's definitely not American. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the 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 Latin American players is 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 through the roof. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, and it seems to grow more and more each year. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you feel like you know that baseball has a problem and that it doesn't really have a social face, like a social change or a social leadership face? I mean, you had with all of the all of the political controversy over the last few years and the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, you had your Colin Kaepernick's. More well-rounded was like Richard Sherman in the NFL talking about injustice and, and equality. Uh, NBA owns the corner on social justice with, you know, Carmelo and, and, and you know, uh, police relations with inner city black youth. Um, you know, the NBA is well ingrained in that whole cause. Um, but does baseball even have someone like that to you? Would you even recognize like who that person would be in Major League Baseball? I wouldn't. Right now, I wouldn't. And you know, and I'm, and I'm sure there is someone. Um, but yeah, I, right now, if I had to, you know, point them out, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't either. <laughs> That's and I'm a, I'm a passionate fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kind of devote a good portion of my life to to that, which is the game of baseball. So. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, this is great as always uh, to have you on and, and, you know, get a chance to talk about things other than baseball um, as well as, you know, baseball, of course. But yeah. um, I always appreciate your time, man. Um, let's get you on again real soon. Um, you have any predictions for Georgia Tech for the 2017 season? Um, I looked at the schedule one time, but I do remember from looking at the schedule that they have a great chance to do to go 10 wins oh 10 wins yeah i definitely see it just because someone asked me someone someone walked in my job and asked me how you think test gonna do and i pulled the schedule up right there on my computer and i was just looking through the game and i'm like they can do they can you know if 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 they have that offense uh you know everything squared away i definitely think they they can do 10 10 win easily yeah they better get you up there to teach to teach you know, some more offensive maneuvering if, if they stumble out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, Big O, thank you so much. Uh, thank you to everyone listening to the Running the Bases podcast uh, on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Um, you can find all things Running the Bases at the website, runningthebases.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Running the Base, Instagram, at Running the Bases, and on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. So we always appreciate the comments and the feedback and um, um, uh, coach and I will be back uh, next week with uh, a new running the bases baseball only podcast. So uh, for Orwin Smith, uh, I am Tucker Wells. This is the running the bases podcast coming into home and we're safe or when you take care of my friend, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Tucker. Th- thanks for having me. All right. Always man. <laughs>